0: Blog Talk Radio well, welcome. this is Dr. John Wadsworth talking to you live from Pearl River, Louisiana, an undisclosed location. Glad you're going to listen to this or listening to this. uh we're going to talk about eighty five percent of relapses, and we're going to discuss that and go into that today. but um, I want to thank Blog Talk radio for making it possible. Well, thank the Lord for blog talk radio. It makes it possible for us to be able to talk to anybody in the world and, uh, and you, talk to you. And so we're glad of that, and we thank the Lord for that. And this is Whitestone Reconciliation Radio. Our emphasis is on reconciling uh, to God and to one another and so that we can experience the highest quality of life that God has given to his children Jesus Christ said, I came to give them life, life abundantly. And so by being in fellowship with Jesus and following um, uh, the laws of love, by loving him with all your heart, mind, and soul, <clears throat> and loving your neighbors yourself, then you will experience the highest quality of life. So Whitestone Reconciliation Radio is about that. And today we'd like to talk about Um, relapses I am a specialist in addiction and substance abuse uh, addictions of any kind and so uh, I would like to get on that subject today and maybe uh, some more in the future Um, if you're going (coughs) to (coughs) be excuse me if you live in the Slidell area Pearl River area uh, we will be at Live Oak, um Live Oak uh Living Center tomorrow at eleven AM. It's on Gauze Boulevard, twenty two hundred Gauze Boulevard. And uh come and be with us. Uh, uh, we've got coffee and, you know, water and maybe a few cookies and most of all Bible fellowship. And uh we're there for about an hour, then we're gone. You know, but we have a good time of fellowship around the word. And uh, we do that every other Sunday. So tomorrow uh, morning is our Sunday to do it, and we'd love to have you be there. And um, we want to offer free recovery counseling, uh, free recovery DVDs and worksheets that uh, will help you overcome um, any uh, type of uh, struggle that you have in life. Uh, because Jesus Christ said I'll give you a white stone to those that overcome I will give them a white stone a name that's written on there that nobody else knows it's a personal relationship with Jesus so I've been in uh, personally I've ministered in the um, since 1990 1988 1988 I have been in the recovery community ministering and before that I was in I entered into recovery. Um because I was addic I was in addiction and I'm in the recovery. I've been in recovery um for a long time. And it depends on what you call recovery, but I believe I've been in recovery since 1976. I was aware that I was in recovery uh from 1988, 87, 88. And so I've ministered in different uh modalities. I've, I've ministered in uh, private psychiatric hospitals. I've state uh, uh, state outpatient programs for the state, uh, Christian uh, rehab facilities. I've ministered there for a long time. And so now um, I have a private practice, let's say. I, I minister to folks privately or individually, I guess I should say. So if I can help you. Uh, our phone numbers on uh, on all the web, uh, the emails I put out and everything else. Uh, you can call or text 401-542-0709. 401-542-0709. And I know that's a Rhode Island area code, uh, but that is uh, through a text. Uh, text program that I have on my iTouch, and so that's a good way to get in touch with me, and, you know, there's a lot of folks that aren't sincere, so I use that number. Excuse me. So God bless you. If we can help you, we want to help you. And so let's talk about 85% of relapses. 85% of relapses. What, what, What am I talking about? Well, 85% People that are in recovery, that are in recovery, 85 percent of those that relapse, relapse within the first five years of recovery. They relapse within the first five years of recovery. Okay? Eighty-five percent of the people that are in recovery that relapse, relapse within the first five years. Seventy five percent of the eighty five percent that relapse relapse within the first year. So. Seventy five percent of the people that relapse relapse within the first year. Of their recovery. Now, I did. I did. It, it took me uh, two years to get that message. And so um When I started into my knowing that I was in recovery, I relapsed for the next two years. And so I was one of the 75%. But when I found out, um, God showed me Psalm 51 and taught it to me and showed me how to apply it to my life, I have not relapsed since 1990. Okay? Okay. So that's 23 years if my math is correct, going on 24, whatever. It's 23 years at least that I have not, quote unquote, relapsed by any measurement of any organization's, uh, uh, you know, uh, measurement. So, okay, so the 75% why do most people relapse within the first period of their recovery? Well, that's what I want to talk about, and it comes down to every three months. Every three months, you can expect a strong pull or temptation to relapse, that you could go to AA every night of the week or be active in AA or be active in your local church. You can uh, fight and go ahead and struggle, whatever you want but you're going to be, have a strong pull or temptation to relapse within uh, about every 3 months. And I'm telling you that so you'll know it so when it happens, <clears throat> you know, you'll be aware. Yeah, you'll be you'll, you'll expect it. And what it is, it basically is pride. Pride. You, everything's going along good, uh, your, your relationships with your, your loved ones are doing great, your husband, your wife, your family, uh, you work, the people you work with, the people you uh, associate with, the people at church, the people in your group, uh, whatever it might be, you, you're doing great. Everything is just doing fine, man. You're you just knocking them down and loving this new life. Then all of a sudden you get cocky and you get full of pride you get arrogant and you might not show it outwardly. You might show it in your heart. It might be in your heart that, well, of course it always starts spiritually before it starts physically goes into the physical ramifications, you know, but it starts in pride and you think to yourself, well, look at me, man, I'm doing great. Ain't I the greatest? I'm the greatest, uh, uh man that's a woman that's ever recovered, and you start thinking that way, and you start getting proud and arrogant, and you stop and you stop doing whatever it is that made you quote unquote a success in recovery, and you start stop doing them and then the next thing you know pop, you're in relapse, and you're out there going back to the old ways and and uh, dealing with things the way you used to deal with them uh, when you were struggling and so then all of a sudden you, you start you humble yourself and you get back to doing the things that helped you that um, made you a success in recovery then you go about the next three months okay well I just want to make you aware of that and understand that, okay? So that that's what's going to happen, and you're not immune to it, okay? So I had to find out <clears throat> what it was that, would, that was happening to me, and it was my pride. It was my arrogancy. I thought I was something else. I said, look at me. I can do this. I can do that. Um, for me personally is that um, I joined a church, and uh my wife started, and i i we started going and and I was uh, i guess about six months into recovery and uh, I said, man, I'm ready, I'm ready to teach a Sunday school class. I'm ready to go do this, that, and the other and so I started teaching, and the old ways of doing things kicked back in i mean uh I could teach, and I was effective in my teaching and everything, and I started Pat myself on my back spiritually and into my heart, my mind, and saying, boy, what a great guy I am. So I started taking more and more on, and I started becoming less and less humble before the Lord, humble before the Lord. Now, before man, I was humble, you know. It's nothing to be humble before man, to look humble, to be humble before man. There's nothing to that. There's nothing. I mean, that's that's a, especially in certain some circles, and you're expected to be. You know, I mean, if you're leading a Sunday school class or if you're preaching or if you're a priest or something, you're expected to look humble. You put on a humility uh, pose and a and humility way of life. And so we, we put on a show. But in our mind, we're saying, boy, look how humble I am. Look how I am, how good I'm doing. How these people are receiving me and accepting me okay that's pride that's pride before God God sees it all God knows your heart okay and God that stinks you see our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost the our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost now do I have to go to that verse that's in 1st Corinthians chapter 3 do I have to go there okay uh, and I'm going to go there I don't want to get proud about it First Corinthians chapter 3 <clears throat> First Corinthians excuse me I just went to second First Corinthians chapter 3 3 I think it's verse 16 yeah I'm at First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 know ye not that you're you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Okay? Now, go to uh 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I believe it is and I really don't know the verse. Let me see. Nope. I don't know the verse. Okay. But the Bible says there that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, I can go to <clears throat> in Galatians. Paul said that the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your heart, in your heart, um the Holy Spirit lives, and y'all have fellowship. We have fellowship with the Holy Spirit in our heart, whereby we call, we cry, Abba, Father. So the spiritual dimensions of our being that are in our body uh, is, is, I call, the sanctuary uh, of God, of his temple, which is our mind, which is our heart. The Holy Spirit is in there and he, he knows our arrogancy. He knows what we really think in our struggles. Okay? And so we can put on a front all we want, but it is our heart is our heart humble before God. That's the key. That's what has to stay humble before God. You can be arrogant all you want before man, be self-confident and and uh, accomplish great things. But are you humble in your heart before God? I'd rather be humble in my heart before God and be arrogant before man and proud before man than humble uh, before man and arrogant in my heart. There's a big difference. But that's the key. And I'll give you a good example. When Jesus said for us to pray, how did he say for us to pray? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what you're doing right there is submitting, surrendering, yielding yourself to the will of God for your life. And you're allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you, counsel you, comfort you, and his will for your life that day, guide you. And you look at the rest of that prayer that is in Matthew chapter 6, I use that one, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 10, we'll go there. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What piece of earth is, are you requesting God's will to be done? Your piece of earth, your body. Your body is an animated spitball. It's a piece of dirt. That's what it goes back to. It goes back to ashes. It goes back to dust. So what you're surrendering, you're praying to God, "Thy thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so you're saying, I want this temple, I'm submitting this temple to be used by you to accomplish your will not my will, in this piece of dirt today. Then it says, give us this day our daily bread today. We have to sustain this piece of dirt, this body, for him, uh, for his use, every day. So it behooves us to get up in the morning and say that prayer, knowing that we're saying, I'm submitting my body to you for your use, for your glory, for your power, uh, for your kingdom today. Not my will, but thy will be done. That's the key. That humble heart before God, that's the key. Now, and and if you look at the rest of that uh, that prayer, it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You can't go around and, and humbly do the will of God if you've got, if you got something against a brother or a sister or you're angry with them about something, it interferes with your communication with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's uh, dealing with you about that unforgiveness in your heart. And it's going to affect you, you knowing God's will and performing God's will. So then he says, lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil. So we're looking at it. We're focusing on God's will. We're not focusing on being tempted by something that we come across. We're not looking at things in our life that happened that day as evil. No, we're just going about God's will. He's taking care of the temptations. He's taking care of the evil in our life. And then it says um, uh, in verse 13, For there, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So you're acknowledging that you're being used of God for his kingdom, for his glory, and by his power. You do that every day. You be mindful of that every day. You think on that every day. And as much as in you be possible all day long, you'll never fall. You'll never relapse. No, you'll never relapse because you're not taking the credit for what's being done. You can accept a thank you or uh, an appreciation from somebody else, um, uh, a compliment from somebody else, a flattery from somebody else, and in your heart, praise God and keep that humble spirit in your heart. And it will show on the outside, but you don't have to fake it. You now have to put on a front because you're being empowered by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's going to take you on through and boom, on into the next um, spiritual level, let's say. Will you ever relapse? Yes. You will relapse mentally. You will relapse spiritually. When you start doing the Psalm 51 process, On specific issues that the Holy Spirit brings to your heart that says, hey, this is interfering with our relationship, our fellowship, with me accomplishing my will, for me comforting you. Let's deal with this thing. And you do the Psalm 51 process, then you're going to uh, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to conquer that thing in your spirit, in your heart, before it is manifested through your flesh, before the flesh and its carnal mind gets a hold of you and starts to um, do it. You see, that's why Jesus said, if a man lusts to death a woman in his heart, he's already committed adultery. Because in the eyes of God, it's it's seen already. It's already been seen. That's what he means there. So but by, by the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish or we can catch this. Um we can catch this this problem immediately. Okay? So uh let's see. Let me go to uh the Bible. Let's go to uh Psalm fifty one and I'll show you this process real quick. Psalm fifty one. If you want you can go to Psalm fifty one with me. Verse 4, Psalm 51, 4, this is what the psalmist said, this is what David said after he had been confronted about trying to hide his addiction, hide his sin. It was manifested publicly, but being a king, he could sweep it under the rug pretty good and there would not going to be too many people come up and say, hey man, that's sin. No, but the preacher came to him. And at the appointed time, the preacher came to him. And the preacher stood up to him and told him, you're the man. And it quicked him in his heart. And it humbled him in his heart. Let me show you something. In Psalm 51, in verse 17, I'll show you. It says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. God does not despise a broken heart. You know the uh, Hebrew words, if you look into them and you study them out a little bit, it would mean the same thing as a mental breakdown, having a mental breakdown. God does not despise somebody that has a mental breakdown. Matter of fact, he can heal, strengthen, empower, use a person that has had a mental breakdown than a person that hasn't, that's still thinking they got it together and they've got to do it. So many people that I've counseled or they they talk to me and they say, Well, what about if I do this? What'll happen here? What you know I can do this, I can No, it ain't about what you can do. It's about what Jesus has told you that He wants to do through you. And only a broken heart, only a humble heart will be able to hear what the Holy Spirit is counseling them to direct them for his will to be done through you. That's the humble heart, the broken heart, the broken spirit. That's what the psalmist is saying here. Look what he says in verse 4 of Psalm 51. That's what he said. This is what he realized. He thought he had it all covered up, and he had it handled, and nobody knew about his sin. He says, against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight. God saw the whole thing from the beginning to the end. Nobody else did. You see, David sinned spiritually in his heart way before he uh, offended or sinned or trespassed against anybody else that was in Israel. He was the king of Israel. He he didn't he didn't offend any of them or trespass against any of them as far as they were concerned. I mean he was the king. If he didn't want to go out to war and sleep in a tent and and get ready for battle with the other men, I who's anybody else to say anything against that? But in David's heart, he had sinned against God. God had anointed him king, and it was the king that went forth into battle. And God, got, you're the king. And, and so there was something wrong in David's heart, and that that the Holy Spirit knew about it. The Holy Spirit knew about it, and that's when he started to confront David about it, right then and there. And if you're not, if if you don't have a broken heart, a humble heart before God, if you haven't submitted and yielded your heart to God to be used of, uh, to let his uh, your uh, his temple to be used by Him that day, you're full of pride. You're full of arrogancy. You're not going to do God's will. You're going to do your own will. I'm talking about the simplest things as as what clothes to pick out, uh, uh what wh- which way to go to. Um, to the store, whatever. Does God want you to go that way? Has God um, uh, guided you that way? Has told you in your heart that's the way to go? Or are you just going by memory? Are you just going because that's the way you've gone before? I'm talking about everything. You need to bring to God, and if God confronts you about some sin in your life that, that you uh, are thinking about in your life and, and you're ignoring the Holy Spirit, my friend, you are going to be a miserable person if you don't allow him to handle that thing. You see, when you're struggling with something in your heart and your mind, that's when you have not given it to the God uh, excuse me, to the Lord. And you're trying to handle it yourself. You're trying to fight against it yourself. You're trying to struggle against it yourself. And you will be, that means that's a good indicator that you're going to be a prisoner of that thing you're struggling against. That's right. That's the law of sin. That's the law of sin. Let me show you what I'm talking about. You can go with me to Romans chapter 7. Don't have much more time. Romans chapter 7. And verse 23, Romans 7, 23, this is the law of sin. And I'm going to tell you what the law of sin is. You know what the law of gravity is, right? If you let something go, it's going to go to the ground. That's the law of gravity. That's just what it is. Okay, the law of sin is if you let your flesh do what it wants to do, it's going to sin. That's the law of sin. That's what it is. Okay, and then it says in verse 23, it says, uh, I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Okay, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. That's what the law of sin is. If you fight against that thing, if you struggle against that thing that's in your mind, that's against God's will, that God's confronting you about as sin in your heart, you're going to become a prisoner of it. You're going to become a prisoner. That's why you've got to confess it as sin. It might not be sin to everybody else. It might not be sin in your community. But if God says it's sin, it's sin. If it's a sinful thing that you want to do, and it might be acceptable in the community, and that happens a lot these days. Or in our society, in our culture, if God calls it sin, it's sin. do not matter what the culture calls it. doesn't matter what your community calls it. doesn't matter what your wife, your husband, your friends, your buddies. Uh, what matters is, is that in your heart, the Holy Spirit is saying it's sin. And you need to confess it as sin and let him cleanse you of it. Okay. Because that's what it says in the Bible. In 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, let me go there. Verse 9, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God will cleanse you. You don't have to cleanse you. Then he'll tell you what to do. Then you'll hear clearly his will, and you will not relapse. Now, I'm telling you, the first three years is the hardest to get into this new life of doing this, of letting the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you and everything. So there's a lot of mental relapses, a lot of spiritual relapses that you allow the Holy Spirit to catch you and to correct and cleanse you of so that it's not physically or let's say manifested to everybody else this is something you do and you get used to doing it as the holy spirit confronts you and and you look forward to the holy spirit showing you different things so that because you've experienced so much the benefit the abundant life by allowing the holy spirit to lead and guide you till next time brothers and sisters Yield to the Holy Spirit in everything in your life, every day. Love, you can be around. Uh, you would be around Slidell, uh, 2200 uh, Gauze Boulevard, 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. I'd love to have you come and fellowship with us a- around the Word uh, for about 45 minutes. So God bless you. Until next time.